All right. How are you getting on? How's things? You look great. You look great. Um, or at least you look better. You look better. Um, you look better than you did. <clears throat> Sorry, don't mean to be laughing at you. Um, just know you look better than you did. Just let's just know. Look, the the, uh, the 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 less said about January, or should I call it Hamuary, the better. You know, just you look you look like you're doing better. Um, you're you're taking the the proper steps to look and feel better. Um, just because that January, oh my god. The fucking ham hockey, uh, the um, oh no, look, I'm not having to go, um, but I, you know, jumping on a couple of zooms, um, jumping on a couple of zooms in January, I felt like I was on the fucking zoom with the cast of The Greatest Showman, right? But <laughs> I'm not talking about Buddy Zendaya or Efron or Jackman, you know, um, I'm talking about the other, the others, the other not so fortunate people <laughs> who are on that, um, but I'm not having to go, you know, but I'm just all I'm saying is that. When I was on some Zooms in January, I had to pretend like I was P.T. Barnum just so to stop myself getting sick. <laughs> just to stop myself vomiting on my keyboard. Uh, no, 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 I'm not having to go. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally proje- I'm totally projecting because I had a bad Jan, right? And everyone looked great. And I'm actually jealous of my friends and work colleagues that I had to jump on Zooms with because everyone looks fucking great. Everyone's fucking, you know, doing like, you know, Zoom yoga and stuff. So I finally pulled the finger out and I and I got a, a game from a switch to get fitter. <laughs> I bought a game, so so I'm going to get fitter with that. No, it's not. Oh no! What are you talking about? It's not a gimmick. Of course, it's a permanent new part of my lifestyle. Is a new game, just like my brain training for the Nintendo DS has made me a genius. This is something that I'm not going to give up on. This is something that when buying it, I felt better, <laughs> you know, and I felt much fitter. Having paid cash. Do you know what I mean? It fulfilled this urge in me to feel better and fitter by paying cash. And I did that. And now we'll just see what happens. Um, no, it does look like fun. It does look like fun. Uh, I've played it twice. And I did get a good sweat on. Um, I burned uh, I burned like 250 cals in my first in my first sesh. Um, <laughs> and ter- Terry was laughing at me because uh, I came out and I was all sweaty. And then I picked up a pack of minstrels that were on the table. I got sent a goodie bag for the Dublin Film Festival. Um, and it was minstrels in it. Uh, and I picked up the bag and I looked at the calories and I said, this this bag of minstrels is pretty much the same calories I just burned just now. And she goes, yeah, that's how it works. And I said, that's fucking shit. <laughs> she started laughing at me. She thought she thought I was she thought I was like going to like make safe some sort of profound like, you know, I had this, you know, if I just didn't eat these minstrels at all, I wouldn't even have to do that workout. But I was like, no, this is shit. It's shit that that's the way it is. Um, and she was laughing at me. Um, so look, watch this space. Um, uh, I mean, I already feel fitter. I was bringing up loads of stuff. I was asking Terry, does she need, need any jars opened? Um, so, you know, watch this space. Um, this is definitely, this game, Ring Fit Adventure for the Nintendo Switch, is going to be an integral part of my daily routine. And again, I was like, I'm going to do this every day. And Terry was like, you just calm down. Just stop. Just do one, maybe a couple of times a week. Why? You know... I, Terry, that's it. I'm never eating again. <laughs> I'm never eating anything again. And I'm going to play this every day. So that's the way. That's my balance. And, you, and that's the man you married. Um, what else? What else is going on? Um, in other news, guys, um, you might have to say goodbye to my world-famous catchphrase. All right. How are you getting on? Um, it is, I'm in the process, at least, um, of turning the catchphrase um, into to being, to minting it into becoming a non-fungible token, an NFT, uh, a work of art, 
my catchphrase. Um, and with that, we'll essentially go the rights to my catchphrase. Maybe whoever buys it um, will give me, you know, performance rights or they might just, you know, oh, it's just like him doing a cover version of the original thing, but I own the original thing. However, it has to happen. Um, I am selling my catchphrase as an NFT, a non-fungible token. Um, so look, if you had hopes of coming to see me live in Kroger and me coming out to 100,000 people and saying, all right, and everyone going, how you getting on? And she will be loved. <laughs> if you were looking forward to that, uh, imagine, imagine the Croker Residence Association. Just plea, what is he fucking saying? He's been talking for an hour about who the hottest Powerpuff girl is. <laughs> Which I don't think he can do. They're only five. Anyway. Why didn't we just have 90 Garth Brooks concerts? What is he doing up there? <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you were looking forward to that, the opening bit of my Croker show, uh, all right, how are you getting on? I don't know if that's... Um, look, it's... Well, in all seriousness, though, I am entertaining the idea um, of selling my sketches uh, as NFTs. If you're not au fait with NFTs, non-fungible tokens, I'll try, I'll try and explain a little bit. It, it's been making the news recently because... Works of art as NFTs have been selling for ridiculous amounts of money. But, of course, this is with any art. You know, you can laugh at anything. You know, this is not a pipe, which I don't think is art. I think it's shit. It's a bad description of of art. The drawing of a pipe says it's not a pipe, right? It's wrong. You got, Someone got it wrong. But apparently people buy shit like that. You know, like stamps going the wrong way around and all that sort of shit, right? Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so there's extortionate price for, prices for anything. You know, but one piece of art was sold for $69 million. Beeple. Beeple is digital artist um, who was an artist for like Dead Mouse and various other people, album artist, was doing a work of art every single day um, for 5,000 days. He did it for like 14 years. And his a kind of collage of all that, the original, the collage of all these works of art sold for $69 million. But of course, that's up to someone to spend $69 million. If it's sold... If you know, if the cert sold for two quid, if it was only two quid to access the cert, the proof that you now officially owned that piece of digital art, the people probably wouldn't balk at that. But the fact that it went for sixty nine million—that's entirely up to the person who thinks it's worth that, and all the people because it went to auction who also thought it was worth that. So that's up to them. And so the benefit of an NFT is it's, it's probably as long as we still live in a digital world and some fucking nuke doesn't go off or some EMP bomb <laughs> completely does away with all of our um, electricity and digital technology, then there's a per- there's a proof essentially forever on the blockchain that, you know, there, there was a Bitcoin transaction at this point to this person uh, at this price. Um, and similarly with the NFT, this was minted at this point meaning that it was created at this point and then sold to this person and the original auth- the original creator is this person. It kind of, for the first time ever, you know, you probably go online, you see like meme, where does, fuck- where does grumpy cat come from? Hey, where does fucking, where does guy, he's a funny little guy, where does grumpy cat come from? You know, you probably wondered that. And other people are like, no, I originally came up with grumpy cat. If someone minted grumpy cat and said, no, this is the first origins of this and I'm selling it as an NFT, I'm the artist of it, then you know that's, that's what it is. That's the first picture of Grumpy Cat. And the first picture of Grumpy Cat was on sale as an NFT. You know? And a lot of people are like, this is insane. It's not tangible. It's not tactile. I'm picturing a future where we're going into someone's house and someone puts on a fucking VR or augmented reality headset and walks us through their fucking hallway of NFTs. Do you see that? 
That's the NFT I bought off RTE of your man falling on the ice. I have the original footage. And we watch it and we're laughing. <laughs> he fucking got... Oh, you could have died. We laugh, right? Or this is the NFT of... Don't take unnecessary journeys. I own that. Welcome to my hall of NFTs. I own that. And of course here, the piece de resistance. Meanwhile at Klongo's, which I bought for €130,000. Which was a steal back then. Um... And we watch it over and over. We watch a hologram of, you know, please. I might even actually sell all the names, all the original names. Really fucking milk this thing. You can get Marius. You can get fucking Oscar. Two plunes. Is Oscar even one of them? Oscar is, yeah. Two plunes. The first one is obviously funnier. That'll be going for much higher than the second plume. Um, but it is actually exci- an exciting thing. I think at the moment, at the moment, if you're a digital comedian, especially in Ireland, um, the only avenues you can you can create your art, and I, I do believe it is art. I don't know if necessarily mine is art, but there's, I mean, I mean, are you telling me that Michael Fry's album of internet memes set to indie music is not a work of art? Are you telling me that that is that that collection is not worthy of an NFT? If the Kings of Leon's eighth album is an NFT and they're considered not a work of art, then surely Michael Fry's indie album is up there. You know. So I feel like this NFT thing kind of corrects the ship a little bit for where there's been this flurry of incredible digital art made over the last 20 years. And it's been very difficult to make money as a digital artist. Um, I mean, only only recently in the last five years do you have things like Patreon, where you can pay in a subscription base for the art that you like, or Coffee, co-feed.com, where you can basically give an artist uh the you know the price of a cup of coffee based on their output if you liked a recent sketch or a recent song you can just throw them a few bob um or you know partnering with a brand and doing some sort of sponsored content which you know as i'm sure you can guess because i've done it i've no take no issue with i think it's much better to be giving that money to a an artist a creator to make something that's beneficial for for everyone rather than giving that money directly to i don't know facebook to fucking pump ads that you didn't ask to see do you know what i mean um but now, people can actually buy the work itself. It's not disposable. It is disposable for as much as you want it to be disposable, like Jack Dorsey's first tweet was. But then he sells that for $2.5 If a fucking billionaire can sell his tweet for $2.5 then how much do you want Plune for? <laughs> how much? If there's anyone, if anyone's listened to this, and maybe you're, you've, you don't know what to do with your money, you've too much gack... <laughs> And you don't want any more gack, but you want to spend your money somewhere else? Buy Plune, man. Just take it off me. Just honestly, best offer. Come at me with your best offer, and you can have it. But I do think it's a very exciting, a very exciting time. I mean, it's probably in a bubble right now. Um, you know, it'll probably balance out, and things will stop going for millions and start going for hundreds. But I think it's. I mean, I fucking buy stuff. I tell you, I, whatever it's going for, the original YouTube video of the owl lad calling up someone and it's the wrong number and the guy can't get this owl lad off the phone and the owl lad just keeps fucking rambling on about how he tried to convince a guy to get into clowning because he was an actor and there was no money in that. It is the greatest video on the internet. I, I check in on it just to see it's still there like every week <laughs> and listen to it. I would love to buy an NFT of that original phone call. Honestly, and I'd have it on display, and I would pay hundreds for it. I'll, I'll, I'll actually put the audio at the end of this. I, I've talked about it many times. But look, on the topic of things that are class and for sale, can I tell you about this week's podcast sponsor? It's only the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Look, they say you should never get too attached to a brand, but I have. I love the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. They are a fine group of people and a fine brand. 
Um, and I tell you, I'm very proud of them. And again, I shouldn't get too attached, but I have. I'm very proud of them. I'm very proud of the new launch of that bottle, right? They launched a new bottle. It is cool. It is sleek. It is industrial and contemporary and modern and very reflective of who they are, which is a cool, disruptive and dynamic distillery out of Heart of the Liberties. And I was very proud seeing it plastered all over the Soch. Um you know, I saw they were doing live cook-alongs with Holly Dalton. I saw that there was uh, my peer, Killian Sunderman, was posting about it, fellow content creator, Killian Sunderman. And it was great to see them making a big splash. Um, and I tell you, it's a great thing to have for Paddy's Day. Um, you know, look, Paddy's Day, you're always out, right? And we always have that thing in March. We forget about it every year where the winter comes again. You know, in March, where winter just shows up again, February's hot. And then by the time it's Paddy's Day, you're just out. It's March. It is drizzle. It's awful. Um, and you're you know nursing some warm can, and you just kind of can't figure out what to do with the day. Look, chill out at home. Watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Have yourself a nice Dubliner cocktail of either a, a whiskey sour. Me and Terry had them. We watched RuPaul. We had some lovely whiskey sours. It was lovely. And what's great about the Dubliner is because it's aged in those bourbon barrels, you get a bit of a sweetness. But it is an Irish whiskey, so you can just have it on the rocks. And it is great that they are sponsoring this episode in particular because I'm talking about all Irish things. It's a Paddy special, bro. I'm going to tell you the true history of St. Patrick. Guess what? He wasn't even from Wales. That's what everyone thinks. He's from Wales. He's not even from Wales. I'm going to tell you exactly. If you're living abroad, if you're living in the UK, for example, and you're worried about the dogs abuse you're going to get in work for being an Irish person on Paddy's Day, I'm going to tell you seven perfect comebacks to come back if someone tries to throw a little Irishism at you. And as well, because I promised it, the history of leprechauns. But look, it's going to be a jam-packed Paddy special episode on this Tony Cantwell shit show. It's Tony Cantwell shit show. So look, it's patties, man. Fucking patties, bro. Oh my god, man. I know there's gonna be no parade, man, but I still gotta go to fucking Ireland for patties, man. Man, I I need to see that big Bono head in the parade, man. <laughs> I need to see the big Bono head, man. <laughs> you know the one from Sweetest Thing music video. Um, look, we're not gonna be out on the street, but we can still have a good patties. But look. I don't even know why I'm flip-flopping tone so much. Should we even be celebrating this blasted day? How did it even come to fruition? Who is this St. Patrick? I was always told the big the big reveal, at least in, this is in fucking play school, this was dropped on me. You know, pa- you know, St. Patrick wasn't actually Irish. He was from Wales. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And it blew my mind back then. Turns out he's not even from Wales. I'm going to be giving you the dirt on this so-called St. Patrick. He's not even called fucking Patrick. And he's not a saint. He's not a saint. He was never officially canonized. Not that you need to be. I don't know which way I feel about this. <laughs> am I, am I, do I find it abhorrent that he's not even a real saint? Or am I annoyed the Catholic Church for not representing an Irish man who's not even Irish? I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm very conflicted about it. Let me tell you, I got this from Lifehacker. This is an article from Patrick Allen. The real history of St. Patrick's Day. So get this, yeah, St. Patrick considered, it doesn't say this, I'm ad-libbing this, so get this, yeah, but I'm trying to bring you in like I'm a, like I'm a, I'm an old shanaki. Um, St. Patrick considered the patron saint of Ireland was actually born in Banaventa Bornea, which was a town in Roman Britain in the late 300s AD. That's right, Patrick wasn't Irish. He was Italian! Hey! Get rid of the snake! 
Oh, oh, I hate the snake. What? What? Yahoo! Like all Italians. And his name wasn't Patrick either. It was Maywin Sukat. Maywin Sukat. M A E W Y N Sukat. But he didn't care for that. Of course he wouldn't. So he became known as Patricius down the line. It wasn't even Patrick. Um, that'd be like his name was Tony Cantwell, but he didn't care for that, so he chose to be known as Boner down the line. Um, right. So, so he had many, and he also had many monikers throughout his life. Um, he was known by many as Magonus, as Succutus, and to others as Cothurthicus. 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 You can't have a fucking Irishman say this word. C o t h i r t h i a c u s. I bet he just fucking rocked up on the island and I was like, yeah, my name is Cortothicus. See how you fucking actual paddies say this name. <laughs> my name, which isn't even Patrick. Um, okay, what else? Um, so, yeah, let's just call him Patrick. Um, so, look, already, right, I don't trust a fucking word comes out of this prick's mouth, right? Anyone who changes their name four or five times, his name's Maywin, and he goes by Socetus Magonus Cortithus Patricius. His name's Maywin, apparently. Um, I mean, could, would you believe? Would you believe a man who has five names holding up a fucking shamrock, saying this is God? Would you believe that? What's your name? I don't even know. But look at this. His father, Calpurnius, was a deacon. Um, it doesn't clarify if it was Deacon Blue, um, the band who sang "Real Gone Kid." Giving up, baby, giving up, baby. Um, in the early Christian church, I would still continue. He was a deacon in the Christian church. <laughs> Sorry, I just went off on a tangent there. But Patrick wasn't much of a believer himself. Uh, it wasn't until he was captured by Irish pirates. Yeah, let's hear more about these. Um, for six years, <laughs> he was captured for six years by Irish pirates. See again, I don't know if I can go full ole ole on this. That doesn't sound like that doesn't sound like good crack. Um anyway, he was enslaved for six years as a shepherd, and that's when he chose to convert to Christianity. Look, I get that, right? If you get captured by a bunch of pagans and whatever they're telling you, you'd be like, No, I've had enough of this. I've had six years of this against my will. I could be captured by uh, like a like a a ship of Amazonian uh, you know, sexy women uh, and been force fed fried chicken, and I'd probably come away from it being like, No, I'm being Christian now. That's just, I can't, I, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying. It actually isn't as good crack as it sounds. And now I'm a Christian. You know, I, I, you would just want something else. So, anyway, while in northeastern Ireland, he learned the Irish language and culture. He just learned the culture um, before attempting to escape back to Britain. He wasn't very good at escaping, apparently, because he was captured again, this time by the French. Well, this is not your lucky day, my friend, is it? <laughs> this is just not your fucking day, my friend. Where are you? Hey, Someone catch that box running with his little legs. <laughs> You're not very good at running away, my friend. It's just a two feet under a little barrel running for the coast. Get him! <laughs> Get him! He kind of stands out. Um, he was held in France where he learned all about uh, monasticism, um, which is actually monk shit. It's not like um, whips and shit. Uh, before he was released and sent home to Britain where he continued to study Christianity well into his 20s. Um, eventually, Patrick claimed he had a vision and told, uh, which told him to bring Christianity to the Irish people, who were predominantly pagan and druidic at the time. So he made his way back with a big old bag of Christianity with him. Um, 
Apparently, when he arrived, he was not welcomed. Now, that is no surprise there. Could you imagine some young fella just rocking up and being like, hey, guys, so, like, you know the way you guys kind of live in, you know, kind of spiritual harmony with nature and the fact that you, like, respect annual cycles and, you know, women? (laughs) Can I just shit on that for a second, guys? Can I just shit on that? So there was this guy, and he lived in Jerusalem, and he was nailed to a cross. He'd be like, get out of here! What's wrong with you? Why would we ever want that shit here? So he was abandoned, or not abandoned, he was kicked off Ireland. He was kicked off Ireland. This is what it says. Um, he had to leave um, and land on some small island off the coast. He had to fucking flee. Get out! What are you doing? Um, and there he began to gain followers. Similar. See, I'm sure he landed up in some fucking youth hostel off the, course, the, the coast of Aranmore. A bunch of Jed Pattersons who have also been outcast. Hey, man, that sounds like my kind of banter, man. Man, are you telling me we can get like women to do what we say, man? Let's fucking go back and tell everyone. <laughs> tell everyone about this Jesus guy, man. Um, and he began to gain followers and eventually moved to the mainland to spread Christian ideologies across the island. The island. So, okay, look, this guy, okay, we're looking at a guy here who is a bloody Italian man. He's an Italian from England, okay, who, um, well, he's not Italian, obviously, it's Roman Britain. I'm just doing a bit of a bit here. I'm not totally dumb. Um, there's a guy, basically, who, since the age of 16, has been in desperate need of deep psychological um, study for the amount of trauma he's received. Um, he changes his names more time than P. Diddy, which means he's got an ego, an inflated ego. Um, he comes to Ireland. He tells them that their gods, who they respect, who are kind of pillars of, you know, sport and war and love and envy and all the kind of traits, the understandable the kind of emotional traits, which can be easily identified through kind of, you know, tales of the gods and easily explained, you know, morality even, you know, well explained, where they have female leaders. Where they kind of um, where they se- where the island itself is celebrated for the goddess Erin, right? Uh, basically, you know, it says, "Hey, all your kind of harmonious knowledge and spirituality with nature is wrong because uh, this lad was nailed to a big T. We don't know what it stands for. It could be Tony." Um, and they quite rightly say, "Get the fuck off our island." So during this time, he baptizes thousands of people. Some say a hundred thousand. He ordains new priests. He guides women to nunhood. And he converts the sons of kings in the region um, and aided in their formation of over 300 churches. To be fair, that is a pretty impressive turnaround from being banished off an island. <laughs> that is pretty impressive. That's pretty being like, get, I don't want to hear it. Get, no, not even a toe on the uh, on the island. Get to a different island, right? And then he comes back and I'm like, all right, go on, <laughs> go on. And actually, yeah, what, they're, all of our women are now married to God. Are they great? Go, go for it. Go for it. This god we just found out about. That's brilliant. I don't have to remember all these fucking fucks' name. Who? Fucking Morrigan. Who? Bloody, you know, Angus. Fucking, <laughs> fucking Aaron. Great. Just God. Great. Simple. Done. Easy. Um, so, folklore um, also tells of Patrick banishing all the snakes from Ireland. But as badass as that might sound, that was never actually any snakes in Ireland to begin with. So, that's an easy trick, isn't it? I'm going to do all the dragons as well. I'm going to do all the little dragons are gone. <clears throat> all the dragons are gone. Oh wow! I can't see any dragons. That's God got rid of them all. Now can we all ba- can we banish these women already? <laughs> can we fucking banish these women already? For God's sake! The dragons might come back. Quick, quick, quick! Banish the women. <laughs> um, um. So folklore tells you, yeah. Um. 
So Patrick also may be responsible for the popularizing of the shamrock. Or, yeah, we, I know that. He said that basically this three-leafed three plant that you'll see plastered all over the place. Um, he said, um, sorry, he said, according to legend, Patrick used this to teach the Irish concept of the Holy Trinity, which I still don't get. Um, probably because it doesn't make sense. Um, so... So they already had triple deities um, and regarded the number three highly. So he used this to win favour with the Irish. So he comes out. This shamrock is God. Ah, I laughed at because there's three of them. Ah, nice. Sound. He sh- fuck, he said three. He didn't, ah, I'm pointing at him here. He, that glad he, <laughs> he, sh- he Fuck, he knows we like three. Um, so these days, Patricius is known um, to most as St. Patrick, though he's technically... Not a canonized saint by the Catholic Church. He's well regarded throughout the Christian world. But why the holiday? Okay. And why green? Let's get into it. So Paddy's Day was started as a religious celebration in the 17th century to commemorate St. Patrick and the arrival of Christianity in Ireland. This feast day uh, always took place on the anniversary of his death, which is believed to be March 17th. Um... Irish immigrants brought the tradition over to the American colonies. In fact, the first ever St. Patrick's Day parade was held in Boston in 17. 17- 37. It's not an Irish thing, the parade. That's why a lot of Yanks come over here and they're like, oh my God, man, I got to see that Paddy's parade, bro. I got to see Bono's head, man. Well, I'm sorry. It's not a thing, not our thing. We would not do that. <laughs> we wouldn't do that. Pride? <laughs> you you joke me? Uh, walking around? Um, by the mid-19th century, the United States saw a massive influx of Irish immigrants hoping to escape the Great Famine. This transformed the relatively small-scale feast day into a full-blown celebration that uh, people wanted to be a part of, whether they were Irish or not. And in, seven, sorry, in 1903, it became a national holiday in Ireland um, and then transformed into what's now known as St. Patrick's Day. Um, you know, to be fair, leave it to the Yanks to make it better. Do you know what I mean? Colin Farrell goes over from fucking Glen Row. You know, becomes a, a, <laughs> a lickout master. You know, um, Bono. You know, they go over there to do jo- Joshua Tree. It's just everything's bigger in the states. Fair folks to them. Um, so look, why all the so why all the green? Right. So this believes it goes back to the Irish Rebellion when Irish soldiers wore green to fight off the British, and that's a color now um, strongly associated. Why the boozing? Right. So this is equal parts religious and equal parts advertising. So apparently. Um, during Lent, the feast day of Lent, saw the lifting of Lent restrictions, giving Christians a breather uh, as they made their way to Easter. So it was a day to eat and drink as much as you want. And this is apparently where the traditional meal of bacon and cabbage comes out because if we can go ape shit on the fucking ham. Um, but they actually probably wouldn't have, you know, had a whiskey or a beer as part of this. And, and actually the pubs would have been shut on this day. So apparently the boozing comes from Budweiser. Budweiser in the 1980s convinced thirsty revelers, says Patrick here, the, the author of this article, that drinking beer and St. Patrick's Day were one and the same. So a very aggressive campaign. Apparently, drinking alcohol on Paddy's Day was greatly frowned upon until the late 1970s. And then this fucking Budweiser thing goes fucking apeshit. Um, and much the same, like Cinco de Mayo, many people now use the tradition as an excuse to binge drink and get wasted with Irish culture. Um, still. I would much rather that than fucking Bloomsday. Look, I'm not going into that again. I was talking about that on my Patreon. Um, so there you go. The secret history of a trauma of, of a torture victim, a heavily abused boy who changes his name on the reg, comes to Ireland, does away with our beautiful, sexy pagan traditions, um, brings in monasticism, probably stops people riding. Damn right he's not fucking canonized as a saint. Sounds like a fucking prick. So, um, there's my hot take. St. Patrick's a prick. But look, we 
as Irish people, do have some stereotypes that are not entirely our fault that are thrown upon us. And there's a lot that you have to kind of navigate, especially if you're living uh, overseas. If you're living abroad on Paddy's Day, you might be getting a bit homesick, but you might also have to kind of have your back up a bit because people think this is the perfect day to roll out all the stereotypes they think they know about Irish people and throw them at you. And so this is based on an article from the BBC on what not to say to your Irish mates on St. Patrick's Day. Okay, But what I've done is I've come out with, um, with a load of things to come back to someone. If someone starts saying something to you, this is what you can come back to them with All right, on Paddy's Day. Okay, um, Look, you're going to get a top of the morning to you. Look, everyone, wherever you go, you're going to get a top of the morning to you. I'm sure you've already got one. And, and look, in general for these, right, you're going to get a couple of things shouted at you. You're going to have a lot of things said to you. The best thing to do is give the do not react straight away. Okay. Someone gives you a top of the morning to you. Let it ring. Let it sing. Let that clangor, ding, ding, ding. Let it sound like it was dropped in a fucking concrete hallway and just let it ring out. Top of the morning to you. Silence. Just let it ring out. The best thing to do is let it ring and then investigate. Let it ring and then investigate the prejudice that led to this person say this to you, okay? So top of the morning, I'm not going to get into the etymology here because it's not particularly interesting, but apparently the first recorded instance of someone saying this is actually English. It's an English thing. It's been, you know, I think it might have been adopted in the kind of plantation times. But we're not getting into that now. You, you Again, you do not want to go deep on this. You do not want to talk about 800 years or anything like that. You don't want to even talk about the famine in too much detail, right? You just want to let it sing. You want to let the ignorance ring out, okay? So if someone comes to you and they say, top of the morning to you, play the same ignorance that you would if someone in fucking Ireland said that. But like, why? What you say? What's that mean? What's that? What's that? So top of the morning to you, let it ring. What's that? Why do you? Well, what's that mean? Why do you say that? And they'd be like, "Oh, because you say that." I don't say that. I don't think I've ever actually heard any Irish person say that. Where did you hear that? Oh, from like Lucky Charms, <laughs> from Lucky Charms, mate. You know? Oh, like the cereal. You, you. Sorry, can I just check? Do you think you think that a, fa- a fairy on a cereal box? Uh, is that's everyone in Ireland says that because a fairy, an American fairy on a cereal box said it. You know, just complete ignorance. Just don't even. You know, that's funny. It's funny you think we say that. You know, I think you all say you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Say that to your fucking granny. Ah, you do, granny. You blow bloody doors off. You know, um, but you don't want to get too heated, right? Another one you're going to get. It's going to happen. Potato. Potato. Potato, just gonna just gonna say the word potato at you, right? But again, someone says potato, let it sing. Dung dung dung. That's interesting. Why did you why did you say that? Uh, do you have a potato? No, you 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 potato. Why did you say that? Is it like the famine? Are you talking about the the potato famine? No, like you love potatoes. Yeah, you. Yeah, we definitely do. You, do you not? Do you not like potatoes? No, we do, but like <clears throat> we're not like known for them. <laughs> what are you? What are you known for? Chicken tikka? Fucking <laughs> fucking you know, fish and chips? Not even English. Do you not like potato? Do you, do you do you want a potato? I can get you. You hungry? You know. But let it ring. You know. All right. Next up. Look, we're obviously going to be like. Uh, I bet you like a drink. Look, but you but you are love a drink. Oh, but you fucking plastered now, mate. A cool fucking band aid, cause you're pl- a plaster. Now, you know. But 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 you love a drink. Yeah, we do. Do you, do you not? 
tell you, we can fucking certainly handle it uh, better. Not having to go. Certainly handle it better than you. Tell you, you want to see how fucking Irish people handle a drink? Why don't you Google Euro 2016 uh, football Irish fans highlights? All those words. <laughs> You'll see them. You'll see these lads fucking shit-faced picking up rubbish, singing babies to sleep, dancing, moving away when asked. Why don't you Google uh, English fans, uh, Euro 2016? Or just Google English fans and just and see that, you know? Watch an old episode of Ibiza Uncovered and see if you're having them. Um, and see if they they love a drink. Here's another one. Can you say can you say thirty three and three thirds? This is where you come back and say. Can you say sixth? Can you fucking can anyone in this fucking country say sixth? Everyone says sixth. S i k t h sixth. They say six because I've heard them. One two three four five six seven. One two three four five fourth fifth sixth seventh. And I tell you, I've said this to English people, and they say, no, we don't. And then they say it, and then they get self-conscious about it. So you can fucking get on them with that. Can you say sixth, please? No? Then here's a fucking stone. And put it back in your pocket instead of throwing it. (laughs) Don't say that. All right. Look, they're going to have a go at the names. That's not a real name. What bloody Durham? Bloody Sive? That's not a name. Yeah, and what? Yeah, and what? Tom? Tom is. Oh, fucking Tom. What a great fucking name. Tom. Tom. Three fucking letters. Fucking caveman sound fucking name. And do you know what? I googled it as well. Do you know what the origins of Tom is? It's Jewish. It means innocent. It means fucking naive. Most popular name in Britain. Tom. Oh. And now do you know what the most popular name is for kids now? Oliver. That's a name who me- that means it's Latin for someone who fucking plants olives. Fine British olives, is it? <laughs> Oliver. Fine British name for somebody who plants British olives. Do you know where our names come from? They're literal translations of Irish words. That's where it comes from. Fucking uh, Saoirse means freedom. It's the same word. What's Tom mean? you got to fucking look up Hebrew to find out your fine English name. I'm not having a go at the Jews. <laughs> I'm not at all. But you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's mine's not a real name. Great. Tom. Uh, Oliver, Olivia. <laughs> Isn't Ireland part of the UK, though? I'm confused. Hmm. I thought Ireland was part of the UK. I'm so sad I didn't know it. This is what you say to someone who doesn't know Ireland's not part of the UK. Is your head so fucking swelled and innocent, Tom, that you don't know the three other countries that you share a kingdom with? I'm not even asking you to name all the EU countries here. That'd be too hard for you. I couldn't even do that, right? But you can't even name the other three countries that you share a kingdom with, right? The other three countries that are right beside you, you can't even name. You don't even know which ones they are. Oh, that's embarrassing, bruv. If I can appropriate your own language here, bruv, that is embarrassing that you don't know that. That's all you'd say, right? (laughs) That's all you'd say. Um, And then the last one, I bet you bloody love Bono. Yeah, we do. We do. You should check. You see. You should see his giant head at the Patrick's Day parade. They bring it out. It's made of paper mache. It's great. Um, and I'll tell you this as well. Yes, we do love Bono. And anyone who doesn't, wait until he dies and see them fucking changing a different tune. Wait till you see them fucking sing for their supper now. If uh, God forbid, I don't even want to say those words out loud. If we were at where to happen to him, I think he's great. Um, so that's what you do. Look to recap. Right, top of the morning tea. What was it? Oh, are you quoting uh, an American fairy? Uh, potato. Are you hungry? What do you what do you say now? Do you not like potatoes? 
Uh, bet you love a drink. We do, and we can certainly handle it better than you. Google Irish Euro 2016 fans. Can you say 33 and three thirds? Can you say sixth? Um, that's not a real name. Look, mate, I'm not even going to fucking... What's your name? Can we just have a go at your name? And then just say their name loads. Christopher! Christopher! <laughs> Robin! Robin! You know, that's not a real name. It's a fucking bird. Um, is an island part of UK, though? Uh, are you honestly so is your head so fucking swelled and innocent you don't know the other three countries that make up your kingdom um, and don't you love Bono yeah we do and anyone who says otherwise wait until he dies so that's how you defend yourself right I'm not saying it should ever have to come to that but if someone comes out with all those look they're probably not they're antagonistic right and there is a level of racism look I love English people um, I I did away with all of my anglophobia uh, when I lived there um, and um you know what? They're not taught. No one's taught anything in school. They're not taught this. So there's a level of it's not ignorance. It's not some kind of willingness. I mean, of course, it's in anyone's capacity to look up anything about their own history outside of school. But to not be taught it is is a travesty. And you can't blame people for not necessarily knowing something. Do you know what I mean? You can't. You know, can't. It's like fucking metalers being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you never listened to Tool." Being like, "I, can't, I just haven't listened to them yet. Where would I hear them? I don't. You know, without me seeking out Tool, they're not on the radio." <laughs> I'm literally defending a bully who I met in Temple Bar Music Centre in 2001. Um, well, no, 2004. Anyway, um, they just don't know, so you can't blame them. But um, damn, it feels good to be Irish. Anyway, look, leprechauns. Let me tell you about leprechauns. I'll very briefly tell you about leprechauns, right, for the last for the last couple of minutes of this pot. I thought I knew everything about... I, I don't know why I said I would talk, <laughs> talk about leprechauns. I'm sure you're not even fucking arsed about hearing me talk about leprechauns. But for a few people, because I said I was going to talk about leprechauns, I have some of my notes from an old episode of Sexy Beasts that me and my, my, my good friend Mark Jago did about leprechauns. And that's probably a more deep dive into the full history of leprechauns. But I do find it interesting that there are different leprechauns in different parts of Ireland. Because basically, what I find interesting about all leprechauns, what I find different, uh, sorry, what I find interesting about all kind of sprites and fairies is that they are tricksters, right? They are tricksters because it is kind of like guerrilla tactics from former gods, you know, completely derived of all their power. Because, you know, and actually it was associate producer uh, of the pod, Ben Clifford, who turned me on to all the info uh, about the two of Donan, right? That the two of the dawn were the gods, the gods who walked on, on on Ireland. They they were the first, well, not the first people, but they were the the rulers of Ireland. And these were you have all the stories of in the same way you have the pantheon of Greek gods and you know um, you know uh, Roman gods. You have you know they're they're not like for like, but you have a pantheon of Irish gods in the two of the dawn. And there's so many that there's it doesn't even there's multiple ones for love, multiple ones for war, multiple ones for you know. Um, I don't know, trickery or whatever it might be. But what's interesting about it is the Milesians came along, right? And they're potentially from Spain um, and or potentially the Gales, right? And they conquered Ireland. And the story goes that they fought the Tuatadon and the gods and they bested them. Apparently the Tuatadon didn't even engage in combat with them because they were had the ability of kind of a foresight, if they were clairvoyant. They saw the writing was on the fucking wall. There are all these fucking Milesians. They're going to conquer so look, let's broker this deal now. So they brokered a deal with the Milesians, right, from España, the sexy Spanish, and they said, "Listen, we know where you know we know you're going to win, right? But look, we we did broker a deal with the fucking Fearbolgs earlier on. You know, we did kind of we brokered deals in the past. Let's split it up. Let's split Ireland in half. Which which side do you want? And then the Milesians go, um, "I want the, we want the fucking top half. You can have the bottom." 
Like, no, no, like, we meant, like, Connacht, or, like, do you want Connacht and Ulster, or please want Connacht and Ulster, please fucking take Connacht and Ulster, or do you want um, Leinster and Meath and... Um, <laughs> do you want Leinster, Meath, and, and, and Munster? They said, no, we want the top half. Did I fucking stutter? We want the top half. Now get down there. Get down. And they were sent into the conference. And from there, they remained. They remained. They stayed down underground in a kind of an upside-down alternate reality kind of Stranger Things, the upside-down land. That is where the two of the Donald went, and that's where they kind of lay dormant. And as as kind of, you know, as the stories became more legend, um, they kind of lost, they lost their power. And they essentially, they weren't, they weren't very happy about it. So what do you do when you've lost most of your power? You're no longer a god. You were forced underground. You become a little fucking trickster sprite. You become a little fairy. You become a, a chloricon, a leprechaun. You know, you become a puka. You become a banshee. You know, well, banshee's a bit different. And, you know, that's what they say the fairy forts are these kind of like, you know, bubbling kind of gates from, you know, where where the banshees come from. These kind of the women of the mound, women of the, women of the she, women of the fairy. That's where the banshees come from. And the leprechauns have the kind of some remaining powers of the two of the dawn and they come out. And if you can catch one, because they walk around invisible, they'll give you three wishes. So, I, I just, I'm obsessed with this idea that all these small little things that you kind of laugh at, and the idea of fairies, and, and you know, tipping your hat when you see a swirl of dust, you know, watch, watching where you throw your water when you're washing your clothes, you know, all these kind of superstitions for the fairies kind of come from these fucking fucking gods and Angus, the fucking god of love, you know, and Aaron and the fucking, and all the fucking, the, the treasures of the two at dawn and is left to this fucking little fairy sitting on a little tulip or a fucking daffodil. I just, I, I, I love that. But anyway, um, let me tell you about some of the leprechauns, right? There's different types of leprechauns all over Ireland. And the, the interesting thing is no one really knows where it comes from. And this is what pisses me off when they say this is derived from something else, right? Because you've got the leprechaun, which is a com- which they they think it could mean the lurk upon, which is a compound of the the, the word loo and corp, uh, loo meaning small and corp meaning body, or it could mean leprechaun, which stems from the folk etymology deriving from the word leet half and brogue, brogue shoe a little half shoe. Um, but then you've also got in Northern Ireland you got the Lochry man, and they don't even wear green; they wear a military red coat and white breeches and a broad band high pointed hat, and they sometimes stand upside down. They're fucking funny like that. They stand upside down. They probably stick their fucking hat in the ground and they stand upside down. <laughs> and then you've got the Lucradon of Tipperary, where an antique slashed jacket of red with peaks all around and a jockey cap and a sword they have and they, they use as a magic wand. And then you've got the Lorachon of Kerry. They're a fat, pursy little fellow whose jolly round face rivals the redness uh rivals in redness the cutaway jacket he wears and wears fucking 49 fucking buttons on his chest but then monaghan have the number one monaghan have the number one leprechaun because what they have is a chloricon and this is the one we need to get behind the chloricon the chloricon wears a, a little swallowtail jacket and a long cone hat that it uses as a fucking weapon and also uh they haunt wine cellars they love boozing let's do away with this fucking attachment of the leprechaun we all know we want to be chloricons 
But look, if anyone says, hey, you fucking leprechaun, being like, well, what exactly are you talking about? Are you talking about the bloody Leith Bragon? Are you talking about the bloody Leith Bragon, uh, you know, uh, of me? Are you talking about the Lurgon, uh, the Lurgadon of Tipperary? Or are you talking about the Lurgon of Kerry? Or the Lurgon of Monaghan? Say that to someone if they ever call you a leprechaun. <laughs> That's what you do. That's the one that I had in the back pocket. If anyone ever calls you a leprechaun, ask them which type and go deep on all this trivia that I gave you. Uh, I shouldn't even brought this up. I haven't really thought this through. I want to thank my sponsor of this week's pod, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Go to the DLD.com, get yourself some Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Enjoy it. Have a great Paddy's Day. And thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed this pod for the price of a pint, as I told you at the top of the podcast, if you do want to support artists, I'm not selling this podcast as an NFT, but if you'd love to subscribe for more podcasts, you can do that over on Patreon. Um, and thank you very much for your very kind support. Listen to this. Thank you very much to the Dubliner. Have a great Paddy's Day, uh, and I'll see you next week. Bye bye. So I says to him, uh, what do you do for a living, if you don't mind me asking? He says to me, I'm an actor. I says, you're wasting your time, here's why. He says, I says to him, you have a, you, you want, you're an actor. You want to, I tell you, I says to him, here's what you do. You get yourself into ads. Get yourself in an ad for a Dunn Stores Connors Court. Get yourself in an ad for Boyle Sports. Get yourself in an ad for the carpet shop on Capel Street. Get yourself in the ads. That's how you do it. That's how you make the money. Another thing you need to consider, here it is. You need to think about clowning, being a clown. I have a cousin who runs a clown college. He'll squeeze you in. You do seven, eight weeks intensive clowning. You've got a diploma. You can be a clown anywhere. You can go to Iceland be a clown. <clears throat> so I says, do that. I says, the money's shocking. Shocking. But they also have a buffet for some reason in the place you go to. And they'll let you eat and they eat as much as you want. Sometimes they'll let you put some of the food in your pocket as well. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll, they'll give out to you. But I was doing that once as a favour for my cousin doing some clown. And I was very bad. I hate children and I hate clown. And, um... So anyway, I was at the buffet, you know, getting my money's worth out of it. I was taking a load of the sausages, putting them in my pockets. And the fellow running the show comes over to me. Now, he wasn't running the whole show, but he was in charge of the buffet. And he says to me, what do you think you're doing? He's real posh, you know. What do you think you're doing there now? I says to him, I'm... I had about seven sausages in my pockets. I says to him, this is part of the act, buddy. This is part of the act. You're ruining the act, I says to him. I said, and I hit him. I hit him hard enough that he, he he fell over and one of his shoes came off his foot. That's what happens. That's what happens now. Leave that doll. I'm not finished that. You can leave that. <laughs>